everyone, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. Today we're going to talk about something that maybe you haven't thought much about, but it's how to exchange crudeness for honor. If you look around at our culture, it's really disturbing to see how being crude and perverse and really lacking in honor in all of our communication is definitely the norm. And the idea of being honorable and gracious and godly in our conversations, in our speech, in the things that we say and do is almost a lost concept today. I was shopping around online recently for um, an app that would help my kids with their chore system, and I found one that I was excited about. But as I looked into it, even though the concept was good and it was very usable and the graphics were really fun for kids, I thought, hey, this is a great fit. But then I began to look into it a little bit more. And I realized that the whole thing was based around crudeness and sort of like bathroom humor for kids. And it was really obvious that whoever wrote this app believed that one of the best ways to make their products enjoyable and effective for young kids was by defaulting to that sort of crude caveman-like humor that is so popular in today's world. It was really sad because it was such a great product, but it was marred in my mind by just that lack of honor because that's not what I want my kids to be emulating and, and repeating. So I wasn't able to use that for my purposes after all, but that's really everywhere you look. It's become the norm in our culture, especially among the younger generation, but really it's crept into families and households. I have talked to so many um, Christian young women that have talked about just the dishonorable conversation that takes place in their homes, around their dinner table, sitting around the living room. It's like this debased form of communication, and maybe it's a step or two better than what we see on reality TV shows, but it's certainly not reflective of the honor and nobility of Christ. And it's not just apps and cartoons and video games and movies that are to blame for this trend. A lot of times this crudeness actually comes from parents and family members being passed down to children and young people, and then they grow up and raise their children. It just sort of becomes part of their lifestyle. And I know a lot of Christ-professing families that find great delight in telling sort of off-color jokes and watching movies that use crudeness as their main source of comedy. I remember being in a Christian home one time when Eric and I were first married, and this family wanted to show us their very favorite movie. And because they were Christians, we didn't think too much about watching the movie. We didn't ask a lot of questions. But as we were watching the movie, we were so uncomfortable because the whole entire thing was based around bathroom humor and being crude and completely lacking honor. And we were so uncomfortable the whole time. But to this family, it was totally normal. And I think it really is the exception rather than the rule for someone to put a guard over their humor and a guard over their tongue and to live purposely with honor rather than the debased crudeness of our culture. If you look at this pattern in our culture, it's so important to ask the question, is this really a reflection of the Christian life that God has called us to live? Maybe you are in a family that glorifies crudeness and laughs at crudeness. Maybe you're in a roommate situation 
situation um, or a household living situation where you're exposed to that. Or maybe it's crept into your work circles or your friendship circles. And it's very easy to be pulled into that when people around you are speaking that way and living that way. But let's take a closer look at the Bible's pattern for how we are to live, what we are to say, what we are to meditate on, what we are to laugh at. Probably the first and most important portion of scripture to look at is Paul's checklist in Philippians 4.8, where he talks about the things that we should be thinking about and meditating on. Whatever is true and honorable and noble and just and lovely and praiseworthy and of good report and excellent. And if you line that list up to the jokes that most of us tell and laugh at, the way that we speak when we're sort of letting our guard down around people we know really well, for many of us, we would have to admit that our conduct does not match up with that checklist of Paul's. In Ephesians 4.29, Paul says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And that's a pretty convicting statement because all of our speech needs to communicate something edifying, not something crude or... Um, dishonoring to God. I've noticed that it is easy for Christians to take crudeness lightly because it often doesn't seem as harmful as maybe the extreme perversion or violence or profanity that we might see in movies or hear in the culture around us. But when we find pleasure in baseness, what is the end result? It leads to what we see all around us today, which is a generation that is completely lacking in honor and really not even having an understanding of what godly honor is. So let's take a look at what it is. Honor means living with heavenly nobility. It means speaking and acting in a way that reflects the pure behavior of God rather than the coarseness of this world. You can read 1 Timothy 4, 4 through 7 for a better picture of what that means. Now, does this mean a somber, serious person who is totally devoid of laughter and humor, who never smiles? Definitely not. God is the one who invented humor in the first place, and he loves to see his children laugh. But he wants us to be laughing at the right things and not the wrong ones. We cannot develop the mind of Christ when our minds are filled with the carnal pleasures and values of this world. 1 Corinthians 13, 6 reminds us that love does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. And that is such a great test. If you are taking pleasure and delight in jokes or humor or television shows or conversation that is glorifying unrighteousness, then we are not walking according to God's pattern. But when we are rejoicing and delighting in things that are true, then that is when we know we're walking according to God's pattern in this area. In Psalm 12, 8 warns us, the wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. And again, all you really have to do is take a look at where our culture is at to see that that is definitely the case in our generation today. So in order to really build a Christ-centered lifestyle, we need to cultivate a holy sense of humor, a holy approach to our conversations in our homes and our daily lives, rather than a crude worldly one. In order to build a truly Christ-centered lifestyle, we need to cultivate a sense of holiness in the way that we approach our conversations, our sense of humor, the things that we laugh at, the things that we participate. 
we can appreciate all the ways that God has blessed us and delight in the funny things that we see around us every day because this keeps us from getting bogged down by our daily cares and concerns. It's a gift from God to be able to laugh. But in today's crass and crude world, how do we cultivate a holy sense of humor. Everything from children's clothing to children's apps to popular movies and music and television shows and magazine covers, crudeness is literally everywhere. So how can we turn away from this crassness that surrounds us and begin to delight in things that are pure, lovely, right, and good? How do we develop a holy sense of humor instead of a perverse one? Well, here are some practical things that I'd like to share with you. The first one is to laugh honorably. And that may sound like an oxymoron. How do you laugh honorably? But actually, if laughter is something that God created and honor is something that God created, then certainly there's a way to laugh honorably. In Ephesians 5, 4, Paul warns against allowing crude and coarse joking into our lives. Isn't it funny that the Bible actually addresses this issue straight on? He says, there must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. So that's a specific command in the Bible that we are not to give in to silly talk and coarse jesting, but we need to be centering our conversations around giving thanks for the gifts that God has brought into our lives. And then Jesus tells us that on judgment day, each of us will give an account for every idle word that we have spoken. That's in Matthew 12, 36, which is a very sobering reminder when you think of how carelessly we often approach our words and our conversations. So many of us are tempted to let down our guard when we're at home, when we're with our roommate or our families, people that we're comfortable with. And it's easy to allow that coarseness, that silly talk, that crude jesting that Paul is talking about to slip into our conversations just to get a few good laughs or from our uh, friends or family members. And, you know, if we're not at church and we don't need to impress anyone with our spirituality, home is the one place where we can all just be real. Isn't that the way most of us think? But this mindset set is deadly to the cultivation of godly honor in our daily lives because home is not a place to be careless with our words. It's the place to be the most guarded and purposeful with what we say and how we say it. For one thing, if you have children, you can be setting an example of them of what godly honor looks like. And for another thing, the way that we act behind the scenes, even if you live alone and you're single and nobody's watching you, the way that you act behind the scenes is really a good test for where your spiritual life is at, not just how you behave when you're in church trying to impress other people. If you're married, being honorable is a way to really love and respect your spouse as well. And you can show hospitality by creating a pure and set-apart environment for those who come into your home rather than filling that environment with crudeness and silly talk and coarse jesting. And even though that might be the case, our homes can be filled with lots of laughter. So in our home, we often laugh at the funny things that our kids say and do on a regular basis and try to do that privately so we don't embarrass anyone. But even if you don't have little kids at home, there are a lot of other things in life to to delight in, to laugh at. Animals, if you have a dog, um, funny endearing quirks that your loved ones may have, funny things that happen uh, on a daily basis. If crude humor has been a pattern in your life, then ask God to retrain you how to laugh honorably instead. Instead of telling crude jokes, find things to laugh at that are appropriate and pure and God-honoring. Retrain your sense of humor so that you no longer rejoice in unrighteousness, 
but you rejoice at the truth and learn how to pass on that holy sense of humor to your spouse, to your children, to your friends, to your loved ones, to those who come in contact with you because you can have an amazing influence on others just by your example in this area. The second key principle is to cultivate honorable habits. And in one of my books, Set Apart Motherhood, I talked about habits that Eric and I have chosen to cultivate in our home. When we were first married, we really made a point to create an atmosphere of honor in how we conduct ourselves in our home because we had seen so many married couples uh, just really erode their own marriages by a carelessness towards honor. And so we began to really be purposeful about only speaking words that would edify each other, not putting each other down or joking about each other's faults, being quick to ask forgiveness when we've done something wrong, listening when the other person is talking, showing an interest in what they're saying, encouraging each other, and not allowing crudeness and sloppiness into our daily behavior patterns, even if it's just the two of us alone together, protecting each other's privacy and dignity, and even something as simple as just taking time to look nice for each other. You know, there's that old adage that, you know, once they get married, once people get married, they stop really trying to make themselves look nice. But really, it's such a great way to show honor and love and respect when you continue to just take time to make yourself look presentable for your family members rather than just getting fixed up when you go out to meet the rest of the world. Now, these are all very difficult things to implement in your own strength, but by the grace of God, he can equip you to live honorably in your home, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're raising children, or whether you're in a later season of life. So I would encourage you to ask God to show you which honorable habits you can begin cultivating in your own home and life on a daily basis. It could be honorable conversations. It could be the way you keep the atmosphere of your home, how you keep the state of your home rather than having it be just kind of like a sloppy mess. Turn it into an environment of honor where it really can be a sanctuary of peace, where it can really point others to Jesus Christ. And what kind of music do you have uh, in your home environment? What kind of movies and television shows and media do you allow in? Because a lot of times the crudeness of the culture creeps in through outside means just because we're not guarded with the kinds of things we're allowing into our homes. If you are married, sit down and talk these things through with your spouse and appeal to your spouse that you would like to make an honor cultivation effort as a team. And if he's not on board with that, then ask God to show you some practical things that you can do personally to help cultivate an atmosphere of honor in your home. Even if your spouse doesn't have a vision for godly honor, you can still set an example of honorable behavior and influence him simply by your example. And the last principle that I want to share with you is to not laugh at crudeness. I've been in a lot of situations where set-apart young women were uh, feeling compelled to laugh at core and crude jokes that were being told, not because they really found them funny, but because they were afraid of hurting someone's feelings. And I remember one situation in particular where a whole bunch of girls were laughing at an inappropriate joke. And afterwards, they told me how uncomfortable they were about the joke that was told. And I said, well, why did you laugh? And they said, because we would have felt awkward not laughing. But really, you need to remember that there's no reason you should ever feel obligated to laugh at crudeness or inappropriate jokes because it's directly in contrast to what God asks us to do. Whether those jokes are coming from family members, friends, the culture, 
when crudeness is not given a stage, often it will just sort of fade away on its own. Now, you can still show respect to your spouse and family members without having to laugh at their crude jokes or encourage that coarse behavior. The key is attitude. When someone around you behaves improperly and you refuse to laugh, look at how you're doing that. Are you being graciously silent and still loving towards that person? Or are you being sulky and angry and frustrated in your attitude? Are you trusting the spirit of God to convict the other person or do you feel like it's your job to lecture that person and make them feel really bad for what they did? You can usually make a much more effective statement to someone else by remaining graciously silent and loving when they say or do something crude rather than going off on a tirade about how repulsive their behavior is. The best thing you can do in the face of crude behavior is to pray diligently for that person and to be consistently Christ-like toward that person. You can make an amazing impact. They may bristle a little if you don't laugh at their jokes, but if you continue to remain loving and gracious and prayerful towards that person, you might be amazed at what God can do through your example. So here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you. With God's help, our lives can become reflections of his honor, a pure-hearted sense of humor, and holy laughter rather than debased laughter. We can learn how to rejoice in the truth rather than rejoice in unrighteousness. When we walk in the joy of the Lord, we will no longer be drawn to counterfeit forms of laughter that are based in crudeness. The holy delight of our God will be more than enough to keep a smile on our face without having to turn to the base distractions of our culture. By his grace, may we become women who are marked by godly honor, and may we become women who do not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoice with the truth. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. For more on this topic, please visit us at setapartgirl.com where we have loads of resources and free articles and materials to help you live a Christ-centered life. I pray that you have a blessed week.